Hindsight, what a wonderful thing. Let's get started. And they are going to win! Pierre Gasly wins the Italian Grand Prix! Three cars going well to well as Perez is caught by Charles Leclerc and his three cars gone off. It's a DNF for MAX. The world championship record is equaled. Lewis Hamilton, seven-time champion of the world. In fairness, no one saw the French Grand Prix coming in terms of how interesting it would be. Um, no. Given, and in fact, actually, there's Barcelona and France now that we've gone into it thinking this is going to be really dull. And both races have been very, very similar. Yeah. This season, it just seems to be, for some reason, delivering on so many levels, which is, I'm suspicious. <laughs> Why? It's one of those where you think, surely there's going to be a sort of a dull card in the pack coming up. You know, you expect it from uh, Spain and France, we say, and then this race turns up. It's like, oh, okay. Um, where's the boredom coming? Because we've been used to it for a number of years now. So uh, I suppose that's just um, uh, getting used to old ways. But yes. So what do we think then? Do you think that Mercedes lost it? Do you think that Red Bull won it? What do you put the result of the French Grand Prix down to? The rain that happened it, it, an hour or two before... Um, the track was a bit wetter, and then it rained that that the morning, um, and so that kind of threw a little bit of a spanner in the works because it meant that the tyres didn't perform as as well as perhaps Pirelli thought they would. Um, from what I hear, uh, that that's partly the case, and so the tyre degradation was far higher. So we can really thank our lucky stars that we had this bizarre scenario where all the teams got blindsided by the fact that their uh, their ties just did not last as, lo- as long as they thought it would. There was mm-hmm. no- nothing they could do. Uh, and this was evident by the fact that Hamilton, Bottas, Verstappen, m- most drivers were getting onto the radio saying, look, are these ties are falling off. Um, but the- onto what you've actually asked, <laughs> uh, <laughs> did Mercedes lose it? Or did Red Bull win? Well, I, I, I land on kind of the same place as I did in Barcelona, because this is just Barcelona in reverse. The undercut here was incredibly powerful, i.e. because of the tyre degradation, the outlap is more powerful than your inlap. So although Hamilton was putting an absolute blinder of a lap, or trying to perhaps, to, to, to cover Max Verstappen when he went into the pits so that he would come out in front. Because Verstappen put in a lap, a, a, an, an in-lap on fresher tyres, he could kind of cover Hamilton, and then he came out on fresh tyres, which put him at a grip advantage. So this is perhaps why the undercut was so powerful here. And so I think the Mercedes were kind of in a position where it was, where if I was them... I would have, as soon as Max Verstappen got pulled in by Red Bull, I would have dropped either Hamilton or Bottas into the pits to split strategies. The fact that Mercedes will refuse to split strategies probably cost them because they, mm. they are, it really frustrates me. They left Bottas out to dry by giving by keeping him out there and not pitting him because they thought he would hold up Verstappen longer and he just couldn't. So I think that Red Bull made the right call on the tires and therefore won it 
And I think that Mercedes failed to recognise, perhaps, that they should split strategies and try something new, and therefore they lost it. 100%. Like, to simplify um, my answer to, to the question, and, and what you say as well, Tristan, it, it, it was strategy. Um, and I think it was, in my opinion... I was going to say it was Red Bull's strategy rather than Mercedes' mistake, but really it's a combination of the two. But I do think that... Obviously, Red Bull put in a fantastic strategy, but obviously it wouldn't have worked so well if if Mercedes hadn't have done the opposite. So I think that it's a combination of the two, but it, a fantastic result. And and it made... Um, it kind of was almost the opposite of a few races ago when um, Mercedes um, completely outsmarted Red Bull with a strategy. And it just shows that there's no real dominant team in the ability to put forward a fantastic strategy because you just never know what the other's going to do and they did a they did a fantastic job and i i personally thought after um after max uh, messed up on turn one at, at the start of the race i thought the whole team lewis must have felt i've just been handed the win here like it, i i was mm. also shocked and it was the way that they bounced back from that because that would have completely changed their strategy in that moment because they would have expected to go into the pit stops in the lead so that from that second they had to completely alter their strategy and they did it so well um and obviously mercedes didn't do it as well and i agree tristan i don't really get why they didn't bring bottas in if max was going to get past him anyway and he wasn't going to do a very good job of holding him up which i've got to say he did a poor job of holding him up like especially poor like and yeah it wasn't fantastic um they should have brought him in um to to have him on those fresh tires to see what he could do on those fresh tires you know he could have stopped perez at least getting a podium i just think that yeah that was that was an error and obviously bottas made that very clear that he disagreed and i think a lot of people agreed with him but it was interesting to mm. see him fighting back because he doesn't tend to do that or argue back that much um so i wonder how how toto received that i i read that they quite liked it because they they're finally pleased to hear him sort of having some passion and, and sort of fighting back with his opinion um but at the same time i can't imagine they would love someone disagreeing i'm sure i'm sure george wouldn't have disagreed <laughs> yeah. it's 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 bizarre this strategy from mercedes looking at how they've normally done things it was sort of quite conservative on a power circuit which i thought was was unusual you get the classic mind games toto wolf was saying on saturday that um we just don't have the pace and granted uh red bull were quicker when it came to qualifying but I mean, if there wasn't that mistake from Verstappen, I don't think the race would have been nearly as close as it was, really. And the fact that they prioritised Lewis Hamilton um, over Valtteri Bottas and had him pit later only signifies to me that they were looking for more of a smash and grab uh, win than a sort of classic Mercedes uh, dominance where both of the two cars are very much at the front and um, whittling away uh, their advantage or um, their superiority on the Red Bull car. So I think in, in that regard, you've got to go and say congratulations to Perez for being in and around that fight to make sure that they couldn't do that. But yeah, very, very conservative. And it's odd, in my view, seeing Red Bull going for the more aggressive strategy. I mean, after all, you know, doing two pit stops at a very fast circuit, it costs you between, what, 18 and 25 seconds to do another pit stop. So I think Horner was right when he said that it was a very ballsy move. Like, Verstappen was in first after he'd lost the first place um, and then was, in many ways, giving himself a lot to do. So maybe this is, I don't know, part of a wider um, tilt or shift of power when it comes to, to Formula One where 
you've got Red Bull now making the better strategy calls, regardless of hindsight or, or not, and being a, a bit more aggressive and going, you know, let's give it a go, let's see what we can do. And then you've got Mercedes, on the other hand, as I say, going for very much a, well, we'll try and get Lewis on the top step of the podium and Bottas can hopefully be a bit of a rear gunner for him. But I think that exposed uh, Mercedes' strategy this season, as it's been for a number of years, really. Hamilton comes first and Bottas has to deal with it. But um, seeing Bottas respond was refreshing, put it that way. It was, and it was heartbreaking hearing hearing his um, race engineer... (laughs) Coming back at him afterwards and being like, "Wow, Perez managed to, you know, to hold on with newer tyres." Yeah. Thinking, well, they're much older. Sorry, Bottas's tyres were much older than Perez's, and it was clear that he was being it, it, that Perez by staying out later on those tyres at an earlier part of his race, you know, it did some Perez magic because we know he's quite tight. You know, he's he's quite light on his tyres and doesn't destroy them as much and i just thought it was really the wrong attitude it, the mm. the engineer hearing bottas be really blooming annoyed which i would be as well should have been yep yeah, we hear you we will go back into this and we'll debrief about it a bit like what james said to to lewis you know this was our our loss and i didn't like that in fact this is the second time they've done this to him to bottas his engineer came back on onto him in bahrain i believe and uh, said something very similar, like, "Well, Perez managed to win with, you know, with with whatever it was." And you think, "Well, that's mm. not that's not the point. Perez is in a different car, <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. It doesn't, it, it's like uh, it really frustrates they're, me." That... Sorry, I was, they're comparing number twos. That's essentially what they're doing. They're going, "Well, mm. Max's number two driver has helped him to do this," and you, which is a shame because that shouldn't be the way that it is. I mean, we've had conversations about number one and number two drivers so many times, but that's essentially what they're doing like he's not being you'll notice that Bottas is never compared to Max and Lewis is never compared to Mm -hmm. Perez because Mm -hmm. they compare the number ones and they compare the number twos and unfortunately Perez is doing a slightly better job at the moment and that's why it's happening but it is a shame it is a shame but I can't help but think that he must be getting so fed up now like Bottas was so fast that's the other thing is I was was rooting for Bottas I was thinking come on he can get past past (laughs) Hamilton he can do this he was holding on to Hamilton's tail the entire time and then his tyres yeah. fell off and it's really frustrating to see Bottas you know fighting back a bit and this time it was the team that let him down and yes you know if you listen to the podcast sequentially the po- the, the opinion of Bottas fluctuates up and down in terms of whether or not he's talented or or should be ejected but it, taking this by race by race sort of uh, approach I think that it was a real shame that Bottas, who spotted this supremely early before anyone else got onto the radio yeah. and said, look, this isn't working. We've got to move on and got to try something else. And the team ignored him. And then Hamilton came on and said, look, we've got to try something else. These tyres aren't going to hold on. And they ignored Hamilton as well. When you've got both drivers who are in the car doing the job that you hired them for X millions of pounds to do. Mm. And you're like, oh, well, we'll just ignore them for a bit. I think it's a real, real shame. And if I'm honest, I think that Bottas should have been brought in. And I think given newer tyres, he could have done a much better job of holding back um, both Verstappen and Perez. Because if if they just brought in Bottas, he could have you know fought back. And I think the Mercedes actually was a bit quicker around the Paul Ricard track. We saw that when Verstappen got into the lead... 
Hamil- he could not shake Hamilton, and Hamilton was driving right behind him the whole time. So these cars were on a knife edge in terms of who who was faster. I, I just mm. I think they absolutely missed a trick. I think they counted on Red Bull pitting Verstappen t- too late, and instead of reacting properly, I think they just hedged their bets. A bit like how Red Bull couldn't cover Mercedes back in Barcelona. And yeah, it exposed massive weaknesses in their team. Mm. And I think just one of you, one or two more things when it comes to Bottas. So, like, we heard that on lap seventeen they had to pit Bottas because of that flat stop, uh, that flat spot, and there was, um, you know, concerns over vibrations that risked the safety of the car. Um, and normally, if that had happened to Hamilton, if that had happened to you know any other driver, basically, it'd be seen as a oh, hard luck, you know, um, these things happen, lads, on you go type thing. But the way it was portrayed in sort of the the post uh, race press conferences and interviews, etc., was well, Bottas. Well, he had a flat spot on his tire, didn't he? The fool had to go and pit him early, didn't we? Thanks, mate. And then, <laughs> and then <laughs> as well, post post the Perez um, overtake. They didn't pit him because they thought, oh, okay, he may be able to get Perez back because there was question marks over whether the overtake was legal, etc. But I think it was quite clear from what Bottas was saying on the team radio and the fact that his tyres were gone, that that was never really going to be the case. It wasn't, as we know, which which begs the question further, why didn't they pit Valtteri Bottas again to get the uh, the fastest lap point? Because that would have taken it away from uh, Verstappen, pre- uh, prevented the uh, Grand Slam finish he would have got in terms of winning everything, basically. And that would have helped um, not only Bottas, but more importantly, Mercedes in the Constructors' Championship. So very uncharacteristic in terms of their sloppiness, let's say, in Mercedes when it came to this race. But good job, Bottas and Perez and Hamilton as well, because Hamilton was so fast on those old tyres. I just couldn't believe how he was making them work and you know he's making them work because he kept complaining about his tyres <laughs> so it was yeah. all, all round Verstappen, Hamilton Perez and Bottas absolute f- fantastic driving from them and um, I don't think any of them can should be disappointed in their own performance actually I think it was a it was a fantastic race just to, for real real racing and absolutely on the edge of my seat the entire time so Oh, it just it was so so wonderful to see Formula One actually providing great racing rather than just you know mm. dramatic crashes for, for excitement. <laughs> I think you make a good point as well because a lot of the time it is that four at the front or at least those four cars, but it, it, it so a lot of the time it kind of just feels like they've sat there, they've had good cars, they've stayed there. But this time it it, it felt like I didn't really mind seeing that you know those four at the front because it was a real battle and they fought for it and they drove mm. well and it was exciting as you say and so it, it even though it was the the you know those it was either it was a red bull mercedes podium you know we've seen them a million times in different format in different ways but yeah but essentially it's so usually to that result if we knew before we'd be like oh are you kidding but actually it was far more competitive and far more exciting than we could have thought and obviously bringing on it didn't obviously stay as the qualifying order because Bottas and, and Perez uh, were swapped. So it wasn't even like, oh, the same people crossed the line in the same way they started. It was actually exciting. that We saw multiple different race leaders um, in the sense that they, well, I say multiple, but like, <laughs> but when they pitted, um, um, you know, Max was in the lead, Lewis is in the lead. And yeah, I enjoyed it. And it was a solid race from everyone. I think it's worth noting that not a, obviously not a single person retired 
like clean good racing from every single driver and yeah congrats that was only the 10th time in the history of the sport that all 20 drivers have finished Mm -hmm. uh, or the whole grid is finished and you know i would say like congrats to them i think that's really good and um it also makes some of the results like i'm sure we'll move on to talking to later seem even more impressive when they haven't you know inherited a, a, a place finish because everyone else retired you know there was some really good results in there from george and other and others that they deserved them they got there on merit but anyway going back to um rebel and mercedes just to like round it up yeah i think it makes like obviously looking looking at the championship they've had three wins each uh verstappen and hamilton now Ham- uh, verstappen's ahead on points though and you know this was a double podium for red bull they're 37 points ahead in the constructors so it's just inside they could genuinely win the constructors this year and it, it didn't seem like that was possible um before we started the season and you've got to say our our doubts after the first few races with sergio when we're, oh that seat is cursed etc he seems to be slowly coming into it and actually making the and especially when valtteri mm. is off form which we've got to admit he has been he drove quite well this weekend but when valtteri's off form having sergio there has clearly done them a world of good so yeah, let's see what let's see what happens the next one with those, with those with that rivalry up the front. Yeah, I mean Austria as well is said to be a sort of similar race insofar that there's you know a similar circuit, both power circuits, mm-hmm. etc. And it's home circuit for its Red Bull ring, isn't it? So yeah. of course, the yeah, pressure yeah, is on really mm-hmm. for for Verstappen yeah. and Perez because there's going to be an almighty Verstappen crowd there. Uh, mm-hmm. Although mm-hmm. actually, I, I enjoyed in the French Grand Prix mm-hmm. when. Um, they when Verstappen got into the lead and you could just hear the crowd erupting so (laughs) given that we're going to we're going to the Red Bull ring it'll be you know I'm expecting quite big pro Red Bull fans uh, Mm. there so eyes really will be on on Perez a bit like I suppose how it's always stressful I think for Ferrari when they go back to (laughs) Imola and they see the sea of red um so yeah so big pressure really for, for Red Bull and I think Mercedes are going to think that they've got something to prove. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think so. It's going to be really interesting. And, and it's kind of crazy to think that this was Mercedes' best result in quite a few races now, at least three races, but it still wasn't a win. Like, how yeah. crazy is that when you think about that? This was their best result in three races and they didn't win. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So it shows how, how how just so interesting it is at the moment. And and Lewis not winning for over three races, which is like the first time in like two years or something that he hasn't won for three races. So... Very, very exciting. And um, yeah, bring on Austria. Absolutely. Yeah, they've uh, got to be taking advantage, I feel, of uh, of Austria and they, they, what the circuit offers, in my view. But talking about someone who has taken advantage or, or a team that has taken advantage of a power circuit, McLaren, the battle for third between themselves and Ferrari, they finished in fifth, or Lando Norris did, and uh, Daniel Ricciardo in sixth. Meanwhile, Ferrari, 11th if you're Carlos Sainz and 16th. If your name is Charles Leclerc, so quite a contrast in finishes there for both those teams. I suppose the question is, is the battle for third really still on? Yeah, battle for third is, is kind of on. <laughs> uh, it was just a bit of a blip for for Ferrari, and it was a, it was impressive really how far they slipped. Um, but I think it was just, as I say, a bit of a blip. And I, I'd like to think that Ferrari and McLaren are going to be sort of a bit more wheel to wheel. I don't. I don't really know how it happened either. I, I'm trying to think back to to how Ferrari slipped back and how Charles Leclerc slipped all the Charles, way back. Um, I remember like watching actually when 
when we were watching those first few laps, it just felt like Charles was just dropping. He was just, I don't even know how to describe it, but he, he just s- was slipping back. He was going backwards. People were getting past him way too easily. Uh, and I don't, I mean, we know it's not Charles. We, we know what a talent he can be. It was, uh, I can't really understand how the car, how they can perform. I mean, clearly we saw solid performances that, from them and, and pace in quality, especially at the street circuit. Clearly we, we knew this wasn't going to be their their main circuit, their best circuit, and it was going to be better suited to the to the top cars. But they honestly slipped backwards. It was so weird to watch. And Carlos too was getting taken. And it, it was odd, as you say, especially as they've been doing better in recent weeks. But... I don't, yeah, I can't understand it either. But yeah, essentially he just got overtaken really, really, really easily. And um, yeah, not great. But with with um, McLaren, absolutely. Like that, in my opinion, that's the best result they could have got. Like um, with the way, the way that Mercedes and Red Bull dominated this race, Lando was like 50 seconds or something ridiculous behind them when they crossed the line. That was never going to be where they were going to get to but they, it was the best result they could possibly get that was in within reach and it was not just Lando on this occasion it was both of them and that's desperately what they want and what they can achieve with those two drivers together and I think that Daniel this was obviously really important for Daniel because it's not his first sixth place of the season but it definitely meant it meant a lot for the team because it was this gr- big group effort and a solid group result and I think that it should give him some confidence going into future. And I, on that, I, I noted fantastic, pretty much double overtake of um, Alonso, I think it was. Ricardo took him on one corner. Lando was immediately in his mirrors two corners later or so. He'd also taken him um, too. And it's, you know, crazy to think that how how young Lando would have been when Alonso was, you know, was at his, was at his very best. And it's just incredible to see that McLaren are taking, you know, performing really 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 well and it seems like for me they deserve um third place but we shall we shall see yeah ricardo as well so i i was hesitant to talk about ricardo but now that you brought him up <laughs> last in the last episode tom and i discussed as a sort of a great length about ricardo and what, what we wanted to see from him and i was so refreshed to see him come back in a, as the ricardo we knew he was late breaking. He was fighting mm. with other yeah. other cars. He was fighting with Lando. In fact, he was faster than Lando. Um, mm. So I, it was really, really nice to see the Daniel of old sort of coming back out. And I suppose, it, you know, when do you cut off the point where you say, well, you know, they've had enough time? Because Perez said, give me five races, five times in the car, and I'll be there. And what happened on race six? He was there, and now he's mm. really fighting with that Red Bull. So, you know, I, I did say a few podcasts ago that it took Ricardo a year to get up to speed in the Renault. And so I stand by what I've said, actually. I think Ricardo is perhaps a bit slower to pick up how to drive the car in his own style and get really confident in it. So I'm really hoping that now that he's he's pulled out this pretty good success actually and sixth fifth fifth and sixth position for for mclaren is is really really good yeah um i'm thinking now that he's actually confident in the car he's now picked up how to drive it and so yeah if ricardo is back properly and ferrari have lost their stride a bit because they've been making some pretty good gains too with carlos Sainz and leclerc pulling out some absolute blinders of, of races I think we can have a real competition on our hands and it'd be really nice 
going into next year when we've got the new rules and the new cars coming in it'll be really interesting to see we'll have a lineup of of dualities of strong drivers rather than just the Mm. emphasis being on just one of them because that would mean that we would have Perez and Verstappen two strong drivers Mercedes I'm not going to dwell on because who knows at this point but Ricardo and Norris two strong drivers Leclerc and Sainz two strong drivers and this sort Mm. of theme starts trickling down a little bit down the down the order so yeah this is fantastic for us and as a as a mclaren fan it's really nice to see both orange cars fighting amongst the pack and trying to to sort of push that third maybe even second place um Mm. in terms of the and you know in, in each individual race yeah credit where credit's due when it comes to ricardo as you say last race i was questioning whether he could do it uh, with McLaren this season or this early on and you know coming from 10th to 6th it proves to me that he can do it on his day I, I suppose the question is how often will his day come about but a performance like that is really to be applauded Lando Norris as well you know doing what he's always done this season I think he's the only uh, driver I believe to score points in every single race so far uh, mm. of this season which is quite a feat when you consider how young he is so, I mean, if it carries on in this tra- trajectory, then in my view, third place is all sewn up. It's going to McLaren, as it probably should do, to be fair, with the with the driver lineup they have and the, the power unit they had from last year and the increased funding they got going into this year. But I think it's, it's only going to make it easier, I suppose, if Ferrari are going to sort of have this falter every time they go to, to a, a power circuit like France. I remember, you know, ages ago it feels like a month or so ago saying hmm well Ferrari are going to Baku or they're going to Imola so I don't think they're going to do very well because Ferrari are really slow this year that didn't transpire I'll let you all look at the results afterwards but they scored some great points finishes there I believe some of their best finishes uh, so far this season uh, fourth place or or two if my memory serves me correctly so that just makes this result even more confusing because I thought okay Ferrari can do power circuits you know we know that their qualifying pace is better than their race pace look at the the two side by side and that will that will tell you that so um yeah it's 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 almost two step forward one step back with Ferrari I don't think there's any reason for people to start panicking or or calling for resignations etc but um I suppose it shows that yeah Ferrari were really poor last year they've got a lot better this year but they're still not up there as many of their fans um, hope they would be and how their history suggests they, they should be. I, I even thought at one point, I believe it was after Baku, if they carried on in this trajectory, they could even be a very dark horse for, for, for second place in extremis, but that's just never going to happen. So, um, so yeah, um, it's, it's one of those with Ferrari where they, they are getting better, as I say, but there's still work to be done. Meanwhile, McLaren, it's all heading very much in the right direction, so... Bravo, bravo. If you're Ferrari, you're not going to plough the resources into this year. And this is something we knew going into this. Just a couple of days ago, the FIA and F Formula One brought out their full-size scale model, I suppose, um, mm. of what the cars are going to look like next year. Obviously, they're not going to look like that because this is Formula One. And so if previous years, such as 2013, 2012, sort of springs to mind, those sort of years, um, if, if you hark back to what happened then with ter- with teams 
interpreting the rules. You can see how the best laid ideas get manipulated by engineers. So we we got a glimpse um, of what the future of the cars will look like, and they're very Batmobile like. They're very cool, oh, and mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm sure the droop noses of of you know. 2012 2013 might come back so um if you're ferrari if you're mclaren if you're mercedes red bull all of them have got their eyes on the future and, and the next generation of cars so i ne- i don't think i don't think ferrari ever were going to be the dark horse for second I-, I didn't pin them there i pinned mclaren being sort of uh, perhaps being that given that they had the new mercedes engines but clearly mercedes and red bull they're going to fight fight out for that but I think Ferrari have done really well this year, given that they're not going to be plowing all the resources into it, and they're going to be looking to next year when the new rules and regulations come in. And if you haven't seen the Formula One concept car, I suppose, the the Hot Wheels car that they rolled out, then you should go take a look at it, because it's it's quite a cool glimpse into the future. The wings are new, the skirts are new, there's little, like, flicks up here and there on the on the front wing. It was all very, very cool. So, yes, if you're, if you're bored for a bit, Go take a look at that. It might interest you. Just before we finish up, I've, I have found a championship list of who has accumulated the highest crash bill. So who has um, wasted so much money for their team, essentially, in cra- in crashing. And yeah, I, w- I was hoping that you would take a couple of guesses to who you think might be near the top and near the bottom. Maybe just a couple mm. each because we don't have a lot of time. I reckon top would be Yuki Tsunoda, given that he's crashed a lot. Um... I'm going to get Yuki Tsunoda at the top. Bottom, I'm going to go with... Ooh, Kimi Raikkonen. Ooh, strong guesses. Um, at the top, I'm going to say... Oh, because of that huge crash, George Russell. <laughs> and at the bottom, I'm going to say... Pierre Gasly. Interesting. So, Tommy, we're on the right lines... RE that huge crash but it's worth thinking about whose car is worth more and the top yeah. is actually Valtteri Bottas has really? wasted the most yes so spent the close. most money yeah <laughs> his damage has been the most expensive for his team and well, then they did second have to chop the wheel off yeah second place was Yuki Tsunoda <laughs> and then we've got Mick Schumacher Nicholas Latifi Charles Leclerc Lance Stroll Max Verstappen George Russell Nikita Mazepin quite low Antonio yeah. Giovinazzi Kimi Raikkonen Daniel Ricciardo Sebastian Vettel Lewis Hamilton Pierre Gasly Fernando Alonso Carlos Sainz Sergio Perez and that leaves Ocon and Norris at the bottom oh. and actually yeah. every knock on no, sorry knock on, knock on. Nor- <laughs> Norris <laughs> is the only driver with uh, zero he hasn't oh. caused any damage this season Ocon no, has really. caused some but very little but there you go so Valtteri Bottas, yeah. not not his season, really, is it? Let's hope it's a particularly good insurance. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I thought that was a bit of fun, but yeah. Maybe if, if uh, Mercedes are flying that close to the uh, budget cap, that may be why uh, Bottas is uh, booted up, but we'll, uh, we'll wait yeah. there, I guess. <laughs> so ends another episode of F1 in Review. Thank you very much for once again listening to the end of an episode. Episode 13, I believe this is. Uh, We've just finished at France. We're now going to the Red Bull Ring in Spielberg. That's taking place on this Sunday, so the 25th of June. And then moving forwards, we'll be staying there for the Styrian Grand Prix, as it's being called, for the second round of the uh, Spielberg Ring, shall we say, in this triple header. And we'll be back next week to discuss what happened, what didn't happen, and what all this means moving forwards. Until next time, thank you very much for listening.